Hello, and welcome to Eisner Amper's Private Equity Dealbook podcast series. I'm your host, Alana Margulies Snyderman, and with me today is Judd Appel, Managing Director and National Leader of Eisner Amper's Transaction Advisory Services Group based in Florida. Today, Judd will share with us his outlook for the PE industry and MA activity for 2024 amid the current macroeconomic environment, including how the climate is expected to impact transactions, deal valuations, due diligence, and more. He will also share his thoughts on how ESG continues to become more prominent in evaluating companies. Hi, Judd. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Alana. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So to kick off the conversation, tell us a little about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm one that started my career as a CPA. Um, and after just a couple years, I'd say two years, decided I wanted to do what I really had passion for, which was doing M&A work and uh, was able to uh, steer my career in, into the M&A world. Um, first through working at KPMG, uh, one of the big four firms um, in New York, and got to know the uh, dynamics of doing deal making, um, and then leveraged that into really going to work for that company that I was working a very large deal on. And uh, that's kind of what transformed my career into the world of doing corporate development and M&A type work. Um, so for the last uh, 20 years, um, I have spent the majority of my career doing M&A work. I have also had some CFO roles uh, and learned about a lot about the deal-making process. And to me, you know, being there, being part of an organization that makes a transaction and then lives with the transaction has been very valuable. You know, I think it's a good thing to encourage that, you know, seeing a deal not just before the deal closes, but staying with the deal for a couple of years after it closes really shows you a lot in terms of things that you learn on integration, things that you learn on synergies. Did they work out? Did they not work out? Um, and you learned a lot of lessons and no one's perfect at doing M&A deals. Um, but in the organizations that I've worked with, as well as here at, you know, Eisner Amper, um, you know, we learn things every day and, and the world of M&A is a place you always learn another thing and, and try to not learn the things that went wrong. So, um, that's the background of my career. I then went on to spend 20 years at three different industrial conglomerates and then a few years in private equity, uh, before coming to Eisner Amper. So, um, that's my background. I've probably closed, been involved in closing more than a hundred deals, uh, in my career. And that leads to you to say, probably I've looked at more than 2000 deals over my career. Um, so a lot of experience and looking at new potential opportunities um, from all facets of the deal. So um, that's that's what I've done, and here I am today at Eisner Amper. Judd, that was a nice segue into the first question I have for you on our conversation. It's definitely an interesting time right now in the deal-making space, with deals taking longer to complete. Love to hear your overall high-level outlook for deal-making and M&A activity for 2024. Yeah, that's a really good question, Alana. You know, we, uh, we've probably all heard of the news um, about deals and deals getting completed. Um, and it's not been a fun market, I'd say, the last couple of years, the last two years in the uh, world of, uh, of, of M&A. Um, if we go back two years, the 
deal activity is down by about 50%, saying five zero percent in total. Um, the middle market's down a little bit less, but by and large, there's been a tremendous decline in the deal activity that's happening in the markets. If we looked at at the most recent uh, a quarter, and we use PitchBook um, to really look at the stats because PitchBook is one that got very good uh, credibility in terms of the deals that they include and exclude, um, we saw the markets decline uh, 20% year over year for the third quarter alone. Um, we are seeing some pickup, some sustainability. Um, too early to tell here in the fourth quarter, but um, you know, I think with the stock markets and the bond markets um, both having a good uh, last two months of the year, um, we finished at an incredible level in the S&P 500. Um, the deal market is, the M&A market is, is gaining some strength. Um, valuations are increasing, um, which is a good thing. Um, not that we've had too significant of a decline in valuations, but we are seeing signs of a better deal market. I don't want to say too soon that we're going to have um, a great year in 2024. Um, our thought process is in the second quarter, we should start to see that. But I think it's going to take a few interest rate reductions uh, to really begin to, to drive some significant momentum in the markets. And so um, I don't want to make any promises. People are talking about six rate reductions in 2024. Um, that's kind of a big number to ask for, but we'll see. I think if we get one or two under the belt, I think we will see more and more traction, particularly on the private equity side, um, where, as we all know, debt is a big piece of the transaction. So um, outlook is good for 2024. Not great, um, and I think we'll learn more as the as time goes by uh, during the first and second quarter. Judd, as a follow up, where you sit in Florida, love to hear some specific deal making trends you're seeing in the state. Florida is a kind of an interesting market, and I think um, the dynamics have changed here in the last few years with some private equity companies deciding to move uh, down into the. Uh, particularly South Florida region. There's been a few on the West Coast in Tampa, um, but we're seeing more and more private equity entities. And there are reasons for that. Tax is a big reason. Um, and just quality of life, I think that it doesn't really matter where you are, in, particularly in private equity, um, and where you can do a deal from. So if you need to get to the deal, you can hop on a plane, but you could also be in South Florida enjoying some nice weather most of the year. Um, in Florida, though, we we looked at we look at smaller companies typically. Not to say there's not big deals, but we're really focused on the mid cap and the lower end of the mid cap market. So we see a lot of family owned businesses that are for sale, um, and those have been doing quite well because buyers have not needed to put as much debt on those deals, and they can do it with cash out of pocket or take a small bank loan. Um, so it's not had the impact of doing some of these mega deals that private equity is desiring to do. And and that's where the interest rate environment and actually the fact that there's not been a lot of lenders in the private equity market right now, it's just starting to open up. So um, Florida is a market, I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, we will see smaller deals down here, but we will also see a lot more activity for deals happening in the Florida market, um, particularly in the middle of the state and definitely in the South Florida region. We're 
we're busy in our West Palm Beach, our Fort Lauderdale, and our Miami offices, um, all seeing things come up there. But again, smaller deals versus larger deals, um, but more and more people relocating down to South Florida. Chad, the current macroeconomic environment has clearly presented challenges to deals closing. And I wanted to see if you're able to discuss which macro factors have had the most impact on your clients who recently closed or are in the process of closing deals. Yeah, you know, it's um, to say to say in general, I would say it's interest rate driven. Um, you know, we see movements in bond market and we see movements in stock market when you typically when we see interest rates and the stock market tends to lead in terms of our thinking about where things are going to be in the next three months, six months or 12 months. Um, and I think that was the case here at the end of 2023. Um we have seen a good pickup in um, in demand, um, although we haven't seen any decreases in interest rates yet. But I think the markets are set for that to happen here, um, starting in probably the late end of the first quarter, uh, 2024, and then increasing during the year. Um, one of the things that we look at is is multiples that businesses are trading at and I think that there's an opportunity now with um, the decline in valuations over the last couple of years. Um, if we think about going back to 2021, and th again, this is pitch book data, um, deals were trading at about 10.7, and that's as a whole. That includes all sectors. That includes different regions. Um, but they were trading around 10.7, and now they're down to about 8.7. So we're seeing close to a 20% decline in valuation. Um, which is attractive for buyers, whether they're financial or strategic buyers. Um, so I think that's really starting to drive some more activity in the markets. And and that's really been driven down by interest rates and the ability um, for buyers to capitalize on um, funding these investments and doing what they need to do uh, to make things happen. So we think with that, um, as soon as we start to see interest rates go down, hopefully it'll be here in the first quarter, um, we'll probably see those multiples creeping back up. Um, but I think we'll probably land at the end of this, this year around a 10 times EBITDA multiple. What about valuations? How are those been impacted by the macroeconomic client? Yeah. I mean, as I said, that they're down about 20% in terms of, you know, where you could buy things. I, even if you, I'd say it's 18 months to two years ago, um, prices are down about 20%. But there's other factors that come in, and it depends what kind of business that you're looking at. Um, most businesses on the operations side have done rather well in uh, 2023, and that was kind of a big driver to the markets at the end of the year. Um, so I think that there's a lot of sentiment in, in a good way, a very positive sentiment as we go into the beginning of the year. Um, today maybe wasn't the best day, the stock market, but we don't want to look at one day alone. We want to look at a broader period of time. And I think that there's a lot of momentum um, with interest rates. Hopefully we'll get a couple of these uh, war situations uh, ended sooner rather than later. Um, and I just think that overall, um, we're starting to see inflation decline. We've definitely seen inflation decline. Um, and this will help with a lot of things, including the home market. Um, Home market stayed pretty strong because there's a lot more um, 
there's a lot more demand out there than there is supply. Um, but we'll see what happens as interest rates change this year. Um, but we're looking for valuations to uh, to slightly increase in 2024, not significantly, but maybe about 1% or one turn on EBITDA in 2024. That's a nice follow-up to the next question I have. Love to hear what trends you're seeing with respect to purchase prices and EBITDA for 2024. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think you got to look at the buyer sets as well. Um, we work with um, a lot of individual families that are selling their businesses. We work with some corporates um, and we worked with some private equity. I would say that those that have been most successful in the last 12 months have really been the corporates and also some of the individual family-owned businesses. Um, I think it's been tougher for sponsors, private equity sponsors, whether it's an independent sponsor or whether it's a private equity group, um, to find those value, to find the value in these deals. Um, and you got to look at all the dynamics. You got to look at valuation, as we just talked about. You got to look at success of the business during a, a downturn in the markets. Um, but I think that you know overall. Um, we're going to continue to see good momentum. I think the corporates have the hand up right now because they have cash on hand and they have other ways of doing sophisticated uh, ways to finance deals. Um, and so I think that that shift is going to start to happen here sometime in the first half of 24, where we'll see more and more other types of buyers, including private equity, begin to find lending um, and some banks easing up on some of the restrictions around that. So um, I think it's going to be a, a good 2024. Um, and I think a lot of that is contingent upon uh, private equity being able to uh, to come back into the market and find debt that's semi-reasonable to make the deal metrics work for those companies. Chad, what is one piece of advice you have for companies both contemplating buy-side and sell-side transaction? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say be patient. Um, I would say that, you know, the deal process has taken a lot longer in 2023 than it had in the past. Um, some of that's due to the uncertainty. Some of that's due to people trying to make sure that they're covered in every different way that they can be in this kind of uncertain market that's been out there for the last six months. I think we're seeing a lot of encouragement uh, in the last couple months. We're seeing the stock market, as I said, uh, much, much stronger, finishing almost at an all-time high at the end of the year. So, you know, my, 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 my suggestion, recommendation is take your time. Make sure you look at all the risk elements that are out there. You never know when there's something that can bite you at the end of the deal. So take your time. You're not going to be the only ones out there that are taking your time. I don't think you need to be aggressive. Um, and the leverage isn't there and there today for private equity. Um, so you've got a little bit of time to wait. So I'd say just be very careful um, as private equity does and most buyers do. Um, but I, I say take your time and make sure you hit all the risk, risk factors and make sure that you're in good shape as we enter into 2024. Uh, Chad, ESG has been top of mind the last several years and wanted to see how that plays a factor if at all, into evaluating companies? Yeah, that's another good question, Alana. Um, you know, we have seen some ESG um, coming into some of our deals, but again, we're typically involved with deals in the middle market. 
um, non-publicly traded companies. Um, some of our deals are very small. Um, we do we do really small deals and we do some large deals too. Um, you're seeing the ESG presence much more in the, I'd say, in the mega deals um, where these things are required and they're not just required because they want to be a pain to corporates and things like that, but they're actually trying to drive better efficiencies, better cleanliness, better um, better practices, you know, and um, we'll continue to see it. Um, we'll continue, I think, to have more presence in our ESG uh, in our company. Um, it's becoming a bigger factor, um, and I'd say mainly in the larger deals that we've looked at uh, and the larger companies that are publicly traded, it's an essential. I mean, there's there's no reason that anybody should be ignoring the whole ESG um, environmental, social, and governance, all really important things. Um, we're seeing less of it in what we do on an everyday basis, but I think we'll see more as we enter into 2024. Chad, we've covered a lot of ground today and wanted to see if there are any final thoughts you'd like to share with us. Be aware of what's happening in the markets. I think there are some value-oriented deals out there that people are looking at, things that we're trading at eight times, now trading at five times or even four times. So look at value-oriented deals. Um, still a good place to be in this market. Um, so that's one place. I think that look at certain sectors. I think the financial services sector is an interesting one right now where some of the prices on these firms have come back a little bit, but um, they're nowhere near where they were before. So particularly on the second tier banks. So the financial sector seems to be a good place to look. Um, and the other place I think is healthcare. Um, healthcare was not so good in 2023. Um, again, PitchBook said it was down about 40% year over year when we look at the third quarter, but healthcare is not going away. Um, there's lots of changes that are going to uh, take place and we're not going to get caught up in and what all those little sophistications are. But um, if you've got experience in healthcare, now's a good time to really take a deep look at some of those assets because there's some significant transactions. I think that uh, there's a few that have been announced here in the fourth quarter, but I think there's going to be a, a good number as we enter into the new year. So uh, that's what I would leave. I would say value-oriented value deals, look at the financial services sector, and I think healthcare is looking very good as we go into um, it, going into the new year. Chad, I want to thank you so much for sharing your perspective with our listeners. Well, Alana, thanks for having me. Um, hopefully this was helpful to others and, uh, and hopefully they appreciated some of the uh, discussion. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.